0: to Around the Pulpit. This is John, and this is episode number seven. Today, I'm joined by Katie. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty well myself, and I'm talking to Katie today. Katie is, let me give you a background on her. We are co-workers at our day-to-day job, and she was also an early supporter of my Around the Pulpit Facebook page and early liker. And when I thanked her for liking my page, she also volunteered to be on our show. And we've been trying to link up for a little bit, but time and weather and things like that have gotten in the way, including sickness, as I mentioned in my previous podcasts, uh, got in the way and we had to cancel. And so we're finally getting to episode seven with her. And Katie has a story that, well, it will play on the heart. It's emotional, and I want to kind of preface a little bit, kind of give people a heads up that if you're listening to this episode, there might be some parts in the story that become very emotional, and I want you to basically listen to this episode when you're in your comfortable spot, not somewhere where you might be at work that might cause tears to roll down your face or things of that nature. Just find your comfortable spot, your happy place, and just enjoy this episode. But uh, we're going to talk to Katie today, and let's hear your story.
1: Well, hello, everyone. Um, I'm just going to begin telling you a little bit about myself. Um, I was born in 77, 1977, but um, my mom and dad were very young when they had me. My mom was 15 when she found out she was pregnant with me. Um, my dad was 18 they got married actually in January and then my mom turned 16 in June and they had me in September fast forward a little bit I have two sisters and a brother also and my parents are still together 44 years Um, growing up I was always loved and I know that but I just always kind of felt left out at times with my siblings and whatnot my parents were so young when they had us and I know they loved me but um, I just felt like trying to explain this like sometimes I wasn't enough Um, went to high school very low self-esteem at school Uh, I had friends and everything but I did stuff to try to fit in Um, And make friends, even though things I would do were not, you know, godly things or whatnot. But I thought if they made people like me, then, you know, why not? Fast forward a little more, I met my husband at the time when I was 16. He was a few years older than me. Uh, we started dating. By the time I was 18, um, my parents went away one day and came home and I was gone. I packed up my stuff and moved out and left with him. Um, He lived, I'm from Holmes County and he lived in up by Wayne County, Medina County, and I moved up to that area with him. My parents didn't know where I was for a couple weeks um, and I just felt like what I was doing would lead to better things. Our relationship started out really rocky. Um, while we were dating, we did a paper route together. That was like one of the first signs when I knew things weren't good with him. But um, we were doing our paper route. He got verbally abusive with me and we got into an argument and he was yelling at me. and. Um, I asked him to let me out of the car. I didn't know the area we were in, um, but we were in the country and there were cornfields all around and he wouldn't let me out at first and I was just like, I need out of the car now and he let me out and he drove off and it was like two o'clock in the morning doing a paper route. He drove back by maybe like 10 minutes later, but I hid from him because I was afraid of what he was going to do or what he was going to say and um, that was the last I seen his car for a while. I walked around pr- for probably about three hours until I came across a farmhouse and I went and knocked on the door at the farmhouse and um, the people were really nice. I was lucky I found a you know safe place and they took me to my place of employment at the time and... When I got to work, you know, I just waited there. One of the girls took me home, and I just continued life with this guy. And, you know, that was the first time where I knew I shouldn't be in this relationship, but I stayed in it. Um, Fast forward a little more Well, we got married and ended up getting pregnant with my first son and while I was pregnant with him, my ex-husband, well, he's my ex, I guess. I didn't say that we're divorce now. But um, after I got pregnant with my first son, a couple months later, I found out he was having an affair. Um, he ended up kicking me out of the house and moving another lady into our home. My parents ended up like helping me get an attorney to get a divorce and Before the divorce was all said and through, I ended up taking him back. Um, After we were back together, I found out that he had this other lady pregnant also. And she ended up having... I had my oldest son in July, and she had a daughter in February. But I didn't know about the daughter until after the daughter was born. Um but I still stayed with him then before I knew it I was pregnant again with my second son and then pregnant with my daughter and when I was pregnant with my daughter our relationship was really rocky Um, we fought a lot he was verbally abusive physically abusive at times but more verbally than anything And just wasn't a pleasant person to be around, but I still stayed with him. Shortly after my daughter was born, I found out about another affair he was having. And on top of that affair, he was also with another lady, um, the lady that he had the first child with. He had still been talking to her and seeing her this whole time, which I was unaware of um but i stayed with him anyway because we've been together this long now we already have 3 kids and i got pregnant with my last son the years went by time went on we purchased our first place it was just a mod, like a modular um trailer it was a 16 by 80 trailer and put it in a lot things you know we were just like kind of floating by well We ended up losing that place. Um, I was working two jobs. He wasn't working as much. And um, when I was thinking he was working at times, he was actually out with other women. But I still stayed with him. So our boys were playing baseball. They played baseball at school and whatnot. And um, we were at a baseball game. This guy came up and talked to me over the fence at the game. And he was just asking questions and asked if I go to church anywhere. And I was like, no, I used to go to church when I was younger. You know, um, what I thought I got saved when I was younger, which, you know, I think in reality I did it because, you know, other people were doing it. It sounded cool, but it wasn't really in my heart at the time. He started talking to me and, you know, telling me you know about church and i didn't know that who the guy was but um i said well we won't go to church here because anywhere around here because my um husband's from alabama and he won't go to any church unless it's a southern baptist church and he says well that's good news because i'm a pastor at a southern baptist church and i said oh here in holmes county and he's like yeah and So we ended up starting to go to this church, and this was about April, May, and we were going to the church for about four months. It's probably August now, so kids are getting back to school. Summer's over, baseball's over, but we're still going to the church, and um, my daughter is getting ready to start her first day of preschool. I wake her up that morning and she was really upset with me. She did not want to go. Got her dressed. She had on a pair of like little black old navy leggings, a peach old navy shirt with like a hummingbird sequins on it, and little Dora shoes because she loved Dora. And I got her a little Dora backpack and drove her off to her first day of preschool. Got her to preschool and got her out of the car, and she was like crying her eyes out. She did not want to stay. And I was like, I promise you're going to love it. You know, you need to try this. And I left her there. Went back to pick her up, and she was so excited. She was smiling from ear to ear. She could not wait to go back. She wanted to go back tomorrow. She was like, the next day I'm going back. And she was just excited. Well, We were also in the process of moving because, like I said, you know, we had bought that trailer and things weren't going well, and we were losing it. And we ended up um, going to the place we were gonna be moving into. And I had her brothers had to share a room, and she got her own room. So I had her asked her what room she wanted, and she showed me her room. And my husband was downstairs, and he was like, you know we need to run to Walmart and I was like I don't want to go to Walmart and he's like well we really need to go to Walmart let's just go and I was you know something inside me just did not want to go to Walmart I don't know what it was I just mother's intuition I don't know I just didn't want to go and ended up giving in to him like I usually did and we went to Walmart when we got there, Carter was in our back seat, in this car seat. Savannah was in the back seat, and she was sound asleep. So I told him, why don't you take Carter, go into Walmart, and I'm going to run to the house, grab my purse to our other house that we were moving out of. I'm going to get my purse, grab the mail, let her sleep for a couple minutes. She had a long day. You know, we'll be back to meet you. So... We get to Walmart and drop them off, and Savannah and I go back to our house, grab my purse, got my mail, went back to Walmart. She was still sleeping in the car, um, hadn't woke up, and so I was like, I really don't want to go in there. I'm just going to let her sleep for about 10 or 15 more minutes. I let her sleep, and then I woke her up, and I was like, hey sis come on we gotta go inside we gotta go meet your dad and brother and I get her out of the car and I was like I need you to take my hand and she said put her hands on her hips I'm a big girl I don't need to take your hand I went to school today and I was like you're right you're a big girl now I said you just walk right in front of mommy and we'll go inside. And she did. She stayed right in front of me. We went inside, um, walked inside the grocery entrance. And I was like, yeah, where where we have to meet your dad, it'll be easier to go in on the other side. So we came out the side door and we're on the sidewalk um, between the two side doors. And I just, I felt like I smelled like burning rubber or something. I don't know what it was, but I turned my head to look and I just see this like flash of orange come in front of me and it just comes out of nowhere. I don't even know what it is. It was going so fast and I turn around and there's this car crashing into Walmart and my daughter is gone. I don't see her anywhere. And I started screaming and yelling for her And then i hear like chaos outside and i look over my daughter is laying in front of the grocery entrance doors um she died pretty much within minutes um her neck was broke both of her legs were broke her arm was broke her one hand was all mangled i just remember screaming i was screaming so loud because for help, I just wanted someone to come and help me. And there was nothing anyone could do. I remember being on the ground beside her. And just telling her I loved her. Some of the employees at Walmart back then. They had like the side entrance thing. Um, like this entrance off past the grocery entrance. They took me in there. And I sat in there. And the squad came. And everything and I knew she was gone. I remember like sitting in there and they brought me one of her shoes asking me if it was her shoe and my first thought was like yeah whose shoe do you think it is you know like I was just so upset and the first thing in my mind like because I worked so much like I got to call my job and I'm not gonna make it to work you know what am I gonna do you know like just all this Erratic stuff was just going through my head, and I didn't know what to think. I'm sitting back there, and then my ex-husband, well, my husband at the time, I keep saying my ex, I apologize for that. Um, no, you're fine. He comes out, and, you know, he's not saying a whole lot to me, and then he gets on the phone. Next thing I know, a lady shows up, and I'm just going to say this because this kind of goes into my story. She showed up and like came up and was like, I'm so sorry. you know. I didn't know who she was. Um, I just thought it was a coworker of his, but um, ended up being someone he was having an affair with, and he called and had her come to Walmart that day. Anyway, so my first phone call was to the pastor at the church that we started going to. Um, I called him, he was there within a matter of minutes. My mom was at home at the time when this happened. She was, they had like a scanner, and she was like hearing all this that was happening at Walmart on the scanner. She didn't know she was hearing about her granddaughter. My brother was at the quick lube getting his oil changed, watching all the ambulances go by, didn't know, you know, they were going there because his niece was just killed so the next days were kind of a blur um, we had to plan the funeral for her and it's just something you never ever you know think you're going to have to do is plan a funeral for your child and but we did that um, then a week later I'm sitting at church and it kind of hit me like I was angry, and I was very mad and upset, but, you know, that I, I hadn't died with her. Um, but it kind of hit me that we would have woke up in two different places if I was hit also and killed. She would have definitely woke up in heaven, and she is there, but I would have woke up. And hell, and that's like the hardest thing, it's the reality of it. So, I ended up getting saved (laughs) about I want to say so. This happened in August, I got saved in September. And...
0: Is this the saved from like not the one when you were a kid, right? Where you're just doing it for the because of the cool factor exactly? This This is the real deal,
1: yes, yeah, this is the real deal. Um. Just because I was scared, like I mean, knowing that we would have woke up in two different places, you know, and that just, you know, it really opened my eyes. As a couple months went by, like new on my faith, I was excited, you know, at first. And I do believe like God had put me at the baseball field, put that pastor there and everything, because I think he was placing all that in my life. I think he knows when, you know, it's our time. Was it his will? No, but like we I feel like we all have free will to do things and like so the actions that someone may do, like he knows what we're doing from, you know, right now. He he knows everything. So he knows the actions that someone does is gonna you know what it's gonna lead to and I feel like his fingerprints were like in my life preparing me for it like mm-hmm. if we didn't have that church at the time that we I started going to I don't know honestly what I would have done without them because I couldn't give my daughter a wedding but if there's anything like such a thing as a beautiful funeral that church like helped put on like a beautiful funeral for her um. And it was packed. It was packed because it could have been anyone that day. Yeah. Um, It just happened. The time and place it was her, you know, but it could have been anyone walking into that store.
0: What were you feeling like as far as, like, I know you said newly saved, and newly excited, but what were the feelings like with God and the whole deal after that happened?
1: Well, for the first month or so, you know, it was good everything you know was really good um, and then lo and behold they everything started changing in my life my husband I found out about more affairs um, they started like coming out of the woodwork that I found out that I had no idea about and actually my church had found out about it because people this family saw an article on the paper about my daughter and it had a picture of my husband and myself and they called my church actually and spoke with the pastor. there. wanted to know if we were still married because they said that, well, this guy's seen our daughter. I'm here trying to comprehend like everything, you know, with losing my daughter, but I have all this going on in the back of my head too now. And then I'm not understanding everything, so I'm like, I don't understand how my boys are comprehending everything. So now they're like a big part of my worry. So I just started getting really angry. I started getting angry with God, angry with the whole situation, you know? Um, I remember going down to the preschool where she had her first day of school and just crying and screaming. And I yelled at God. and. You know like why are you doing this um and then I just started to walk away over the next couple months I walked far um I ended up leaving my husband in April we got into an argument and I went to confront him about a message he had gotten on his phone from another lady that he was seeing and When I confronted him about it, he went to hit me, and I ducked, and he knocked our oldest son down, and who I didn't know was behind me at the time. So I just grabbed all three boys, got in our car, and left. Because I left, it was like I, the law looks like I couldn't go back and get anything. Like, I had to have a police officer go, so I went back and got like the clothes on our back, because we were gone for a couple weeks. I couldn't just go back cause it's like I left him with everything, you know, I don't know how else to explain it, but that's how the law looked at it. So I took an officer there also cause I didn't feel safe going by myself, but so we got clothes and, um, ended up moving in with my grandma for a little while then eventually got our own place. And I just kept walking further away from God as that continued. Um, I was looking for I I guess I want to say feeling loved. Like I felt like, I don't know, I went from a mama 4 to a mama 3. I went from being married to being divorced. I went from being a family of 6 of us, you know, to a family of 4 of us. It was just all so much all at once. And the first month or two, you know, we did fine, and then After that, after, you know, my divorce was all finalized, and then it was just everything, all the changes, and I was just very angry with God and not understanding why, you know, all this had to happen, why to me.
0: Right, you were were angry. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And confused and all sorts of things, right.
1: And I still had the court hearing to go to. Like, that hadn't happened yet Mm -hmm. for the guy that um, killed my daughter. Oh, yeah. so um, because that didn't happen to till, till a year over a year later, um, so she died when she died in August. I left my husband by April, by November our divorce was final, and then in December I had the hearing. You know, for the guy that killed Savannah. As I continue to walk away from God, I guess I'll oh, say. So, say that um just my anger with everything that had happened and with him um it just felt like if God was so loving why you know why did all this happen I started going out to clubs I started going out to bars I started sleeping around I guess instead of turning to like alcohol or drugs um I turned to sex. I was looking for love from somewhere. Um, I didn't care where I was going to get it, but the one person I wasn't looking for love from was God. And that's the only love that I needed <laughs> at the time. You know, I just didn't realize it. Um, I remember going to a party, and the scary thing is, um, like, I never drank you know maybe a glass of wine here or there or something but i drank a lot i drank so much that i don't even remember the night i don't remember how i got home and it really really scared me um i ended up making an appointment at the doctor i just went and wanted to get tested for stds and just you know whatever and I'm setting in at the doctor's office, and I'll never forget, um, this guy, when they called my name, this guy stood up and said, excuse me, are you so-and-so, the, the mother of the little girl that was hit at Walmart, and I was like, yeah, um, that's me, and I just thought it was kind of weird, and so I just kept on walking, you know, and he was like, um... I have something I want to give you and I was like no that's okay because I didn't know who he was or like what's this guy gonna give me and he was like you don't understand I just feel I need to give this to you and he asked me to hold out my hand and he put a hundred dollar bill in my hand and he said when your daughter died my wife and I prayed for you and we wanted to do something for you we didn't know what And we were going to mail this out, and he said, God told me that I needed to hold on to this because someday I'm going to run into you, and that's when you're going to need this. And I was just like, I started crying because, I mean, you know, it was just me and my boys, and we were struggling, and, you know, that helped put food on the table. And, you know, fast forward a little to a couple weeks later, My sister was walking into Walmart, and there was a lady walking in front of her, and she called me and said, I need to talk to you, and my sister did, and I said, why, and she wanted to tell me about this lady that was walking in front of her at Walmart, and she said the lady stopped and turned around, looked at her, and said, I don't know who you are, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but... You know, there's not a day that I don't walk through these doors that I don't think of the little girl that was killed here. And my sister just said, yeah, neither do I and didn't tell her who she was or anything. And the lady started walking again and turned around again and said, and you know, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but for some reason her mom is heavy on my heart and I feel she needs all the prayers that I can give her and my sister looked at her and said, you know that lady you're talking about is my sister and that was her little girl and she does need your prayers. And my sister told me that and I don't know, like it did something to me (laughs) because it, it made me feel like I was like doing all this stuff, I was going out, like doing everything, you know, that I knew was wrong and I knew I shouldn't be doing and God was still looking out for me.
0: He was using people to show you that how real he was. Yes. Yeah. And telling you, you know, he still loves you. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. That, I mean. Yeah.
1: And I remember just like feeling so much. Oh, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I just felt so overwhelmed and just, I, I could feel his presence and his love and like no matter what I did he was still gonna you know be there for me and still be by my side and walk with me you know. Was I still hurting with my daughter's death? Yeah. My divorce I don't know that I was like hurting so much with it but just with how everything ended up you know for my boys and just for the hurt that they had to go through with it all. I feel like God used my daughter's death to make me a stronger person. Um, I'm not, like, about divorce or anything, but I don't believe he wants us in situations where we're not treated appropriately. Right. So if that makes sense, I don't want it to sound like you know, oh, no, absolutely.
0: He, he's not going to want you to yeah. stay in an abusive relationship just because you've entered into that marriage covenant. I mean, if you're physically right. or, or verbally getting abused, he wants you out of that situation, right. absolutely.
1: And I feel like her death made me strong enough to get to that point where I could walk away. So then I felt like a lot of guilt. Like, well, what if I wouldn't have... What if I would... If that was the reason God took my daughter, then... What if I would have walked away a long time ago? Then she'd still be here. Well, you know what? I probably wouldn't have had her then. Like, I know there are so many families, you know, that are probably listening to this right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe, I don't know. But, you know, there's people out there hurting that have lost children. And it's okay to get angry. (laughs) And, you know, it's okay to get mad about it. It took me a long time to realize You know, like, when I had Savannah, she was a gift from God. He chose, like, me to be her mom because he knew I could love her like no one else could. You know, just like anyone else who has a child, you know, you're given that child, you know, their gift. In reality, you don't think that you're going to have to give that gift back, you know, if that makes sense. Because she was his first. And that kind of helped me...
0: That's very powerful, by the way. That that kind of just rocked my world. That was very powerful. That's a very powerful statement. Yeah. Yes, that's absolutely.
1: And that, you know, just coming to that realization was one of the, you know, after I started getting my relationship back with God after walking away. and And it only takes, like, you only have to turn around and go back. You know, he's right there with you and it's not like you have to, you know, he's going to love you no matter what. Mhm. The try when the trial came up for her f- for the guy that killed her, um the most he could have got was 5 years. Really? Yeah. So, yeah, the most he could have got was 5 years. Um
0: What was um, the reasoning behind that if you can if you're allowed to talk about that sort of stuff?
1: Uh just They considered it vehicular manslaughter. Okay. Um, Yeah, just a little law. I don't know if it's changed since then, you know, because it's been 15 years. Um, But the most was five years he could get. And I spoke to him at the hearing, and um, I told him that I forgave him. I tried to put myself, like, in his family's shoes because I have three boys, And I mean, they were young at the time, but I, you know, kept helping myself like this, you know, could be one of my boys one day. Like, what if that happened? You know,
0: you were thinking like a mother. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, I recommended three years instead of the five. Um, One year for every year my daughter was. The judge gave him three years. Um, I told him I forgave him. In my mind at the time, I was just like, I have to forgive him. Have to because Jesus died on the cross and forgave me before I was even born. So I need to forgive him for this. And I knew it was the only way like I was going to be able to eventually heal. And sometimes I'm like, I don't think grief ever goes away. But I feel like the pain will lessen with time. But you always carry a piece of it with you. I don't even know how else to describe that. You know, I feel like her death God has used it in like Romans eight twenty-eight. Yeah. In Romans eight twenty-eight says we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And I feel like with her death, like positive things can come out of it. Her death saved me for one. Her death made me a stronger person but her death also taught me things James four fourteen was another verse that always stuck out with me when she died life is like the morning fog it is here a little while then it's gone none of us know when when our time is done you know we're here just like the fog and then we can be gone in an instant I know where she is I know I'm going to see her again someday. And I think of like, there's so many people out there right now that have children that are missing. They don't know if they're alive, if they're dead, if they're being fed, if they're cold. But I know where my daughter is and I know she's safe. I know she's safe in his arms. Another verse that like, really has helped me through with her death that's been like Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 and in that verse it just says come to me all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest like if we just go to God and we he'll take our hurts and he'll take our pains and he'll take our sadness and you know he will you know, take it so we don't have to bear it, and and it's okay for us to cry, and just give it to him because he wants to be there to be able to help us through it. Uh-huh. And that um, says, "Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is." easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. So when you have a problem in life and you have hurt and you have a heartache, give it to God. Don't look for help in other places because no one's going to be able to help you like he can. Women, I guess, you know, we're all daughters of a king. He does not want you to be in a marriage where you're a doormat and you're stepped on and beat down to where you have no self-esteem left. He wants you to be loved and cherished the way he loves and cherishes you. So if I can say anything on that aspect, I would say if you're in a relationship where you're not treated with love and respect, um, like the verse in the Bible where it says love is patient, love is kind, you should be able to fill in the word love, With your spouse's or your boyfriend's name, you know, are they patient? Are they kind? Do they, you know, treat you good? And for families out there that are dealing with heartache and hurt and all the pain from losing a child, it's something that you never ever get over, but it's something that you can get through. If you let God help you get through that, um, just give Him your hurt and your pain, and He's hurting with you, you know. Savannah, my daughter, may have only been here for three and a half years, but she taught me a lot in those three and a half years. The selfish part of me, you know, wants her back here with me. Nothing can compare to where she's at now. She's at peace, and I know today that I can see her again. Had I have died that day with her, I don't know what kind of life my boys would have ended up in or where they would be today. Today, I try to reach out to families that lose children. You know, I will send them a card. Um, Sometimes I'll wait till three months, four months, five months, six months, seven months later, just whenever I feel on my heart like it's time. Um, I kind of share Savannah's story with them a little bit and just let them know that that i don't know why these things happen but i do know that if they let god he's gonna lift them up and he's gonna carry them through their pain and he'll just lift you up and carry you through that pain and wipe your tears away and he will be there to get you through it because you can't do it alone i've seen people grieve with God and I've seen myself grieve without God. And there's, it can lead to basically two different realities. If you're grieving with God and letting him help you through it, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just more of a peaceful process. And, but if you're not letting God in and not trying to give it to him and let him help you, it's a struggle and you'll search try to search and search for answers and it'll just eat at you all the time and you just all I can say Matthew 11:28 30 through 30 you know you don't have to carry that burden you don't have to keep it you can give it to him and and I guess if you take anything away from this today also just know like You know, for Savannah, it was a trip to Walmart. It could have been anyone, anyone that day. It could have been whoever is hearing this right now. It could have been you, you know. None of us are promised tomorrow, not one. Life can be gone just like that, you know, just like James 4.14, like I said, you know, just like the fog. My hope is just that everyone can know God and love him and let him into their lives so they don't want have to wonder if they would have woke up where they would be do i still go to walmart <laughs> yeah unfortunately i have to go there a lot um i don't go in the grocery entrance because um, i do struggle with that but i still walk in to the other entrance and i can still see flashbacks Um, and I can still see Savannah there but I try to remember when I see that at those times what a wise friend once told me and they said that it wasn't where I lost Savannah but where Savannah found Jesus where she took her last breath on earth but took her first in heaven and if I try to look at it that way it gives A piece that I cannot explain. Out of all this, you know, I hope to one day, you know, have a grief ministry going through all this and be able to help families that are suffering with losses of children. And I hope that I can, you know, just put it all together. (laughs) You know, I do the card thing now, but um, I just feel like God's calling me to do more. I'm just going to pray about it and see where it takes me.
0: I think with your uh, cards, you've already planted that seed. Maybe You may not have realized it, but just doing that, that's that seed that you've planted. And maybe verbally discussing it on here was another step in that path. And I think you're just continuing to water the seed, and you're going to continue to grow that ministry. And I think this is you know, just the timetable that it has to happen. And yeah i think i really do i think that that's yeah. yeah i think the card ministry is great and i think that it's just that was the plant and now you'll just keep watering the seed and it'll continue to grow and grow and grow until it is where god has it planned to be
1: thank you yeah um
0: because what you've told me today has been some <laughs> very emotional stuff as i mentioned at the beginning for the listeners out there but it's very powerful stuff like you've you've really touched my heart by sharing your story and I'm thankful that you have and I'm just blown away with your strength and your courage and how strong you are after going through such a large season of not only grief but just hardship abusive hardship mental stress and just Things that came along the way that you never probably planned for. I don't think anybody plans for that sort of stuff, but just that type of life, you know, that you were having and just to rise above it and allow God to take control is very amazing to hear.
1: Thank you. Um, I'm going to share a poem that I wrote, and this, you know, I wrote it for Savannah, but this fits in for like any parent. Um, I entitled it, Missing You, but as time quickly passes by, the pain of losing you still makes me break down and cry, not knowing in this life why you couldn't stay, why you had to quickly go away. My memories of you turn to tears as the days and months turn to years. They say you were taken way too young, that your life on earth had not yet begun. Everything about you I miss from your laugh and hugs to the sweetness of your kiss. Sometimes I want to reach out and grab your hand when I get a glimpse of you dancing in the fields of the promised land. They say as time passes by, I will heal, but they don't know the pain of losing you I still feel. Knowing my loss was heaven's gain still leaves my heart full of pain. As I lift my hands to heaven's sky, I still ask my God, why oh why? I know my time on earth too will pass that my life here will not last at that moment when I feel his warm embrace I know again I will see your smiling face you are already home waiting for me where the lord has prepared a place for all to be
0: well, I want to thank you for participating and being you know volunteering to be on this I know that that was a a hard thing to do but I think it's going to help the lives of people who are listening maybe not Everybody, but you know, there's going to be people who are drawn to this for because of the situation. I also want to let uh, my listeners know to take a moment right now. I'd like to get prayer going for Katie. Just take that moment to yourself to just pray for her to continue to have the strength that she has, and uh, that would be really great if you would do that for us. I just take that moment and also. If anyone is interested in reaching out to Katie, maybe for an encouraging word or maybe you're going through a situation, hardship or a loss of a child or you just need somebody to talk to, you can actually email us at aroundthepulpit@gmail.com, at gmail.com and we will pass along all of the emails to Katie for the sake of privacy. That's the best way we realized to do this was to just email it to us and we will send it to her, and it would be greatly appreciated because we know that there are people who are struggling. We know people are going through hardship. So just keep the prayers coming, and if you feel like reaching out, please do so by that email, and I promise I will get those to Katie as soon as they come in. This has been Around the Pulpit, Episode 7. Until the next one, have a good day. (music)